Hello and welcome to the podcast. This is Hypochondriac's Almanac and I'm very excited to be recording for you guys on a Saturday evening. This is Sarah. In case you're wondering, this is a podcast for all of you out there that secretly think you have a new disease every time you have a sniffle, a slight twinge, or a headache. It's not a tumor. We understand, we identify, and we have definitely scoped out WebMD way too many times. We're here to talk weird diseases, wild illnesses, crazy syndromes, and rare disorders. Before we get started, we need a little disclaimer. We're not doctors, nurses, or medical professionals. Please don't take what we say on the show as medical advice. We're not trying to treat you, diagnose you, or fix medical conditions. Please see a doctor. Don't guess or take what we say as a diagnostic tool. Let's jump right into today's show. After last week's episode, I got a ton of responses and because we had talked about the coronavirus. So people have been absolutely freaking out about this. And I just, I don't feel the same level of anxiety about it that I think a lot of other people do. So I want to provide a little bit of knowledge tonight on some things that I researched and found out about this particular illness. So this is going to be a part two from last week's episode. I found this really cool article on golfnews.com and it is called Flu versus Coronavirus, Which One is More Dangerous? Facts That Will Blow Your Mind. The article was written by Jay Hyleton and it was published in February of 2020. So a lot of people out there have absolutely flipped their minds about this coronavirus and are freaking out and there are things that are flying off shelves, water, toilet paper, etc. as people are trying to figure out how to protect themselves. But this is pretty much an article that compares the seasonal flu to the coronavirus and finds that the seasonal flu is actually much worse of a threat than the coronavirus. So influenza, also known as a flu, is a contagious viral infection that attacks your respiratory system. Influenza viruses that infect humans can also be classified into three main groups. Influenza infection can be serious and can cause widespread outbreaks, and it has throughout history in a major way. Coronavirus, on the other hand, is a new strain of virus that has not been previously identified in humans. Now called 2019 NCOV, it has not been previously detected before the outbreak that was reported in Wuhan, China, December 2019. So many people have this fear of the unknown. But how bad is the virus itself? Now, the seasonal flu has signs and symptoms that include aching muscles, chills, sweats, headaches, dry persistent cough, fatigue, weakness, nasal congestion, and sore throat. Whereas the coronavirus has runny nose, sore throat, coughing, fever, headache, So with respect to the flu, symptoms are mostly due to the body's immune response to the infection rather than destruction of tissue by the viruses themselves. Whereas coronavirus can be more severe for some persons and can lead to pneumonia or breathing difficulties, more rarely the disease can be fatal, especially to elderly people with pre-existing medical conditions. So let's talk numbers. Seasonal flu. How many people have died of seasonal flu? Well, according to statistics, an estimated 61,000 Americans died of the flu and its complications in the 2017 and 18 flu season. That is a lot. And it is also the highest death toll in at least four decades, according to the CDC. How many people have been killed by the coronavirus thus far? 490 is the official death toll caused by the coronavirus as of February 5th, 2020. 
So it appears that this coronavirus is actually distracting people from the true threat, which is actually influenza, which has caused at least 19 million illnesses, 180,000 hospitalizations, and 10,000 deaths so far this season. Influenza appears to be much deadly, and most people know that the flu can kill. Indeed, the so-called Spanish flu killed 50 million people in 1918, and more. this was more than were killed during World War I. Also, flu activity has now risen for two consecutive weeks, according to January 31st reports from the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. So here are the precautions that the CDC is recommending. And this is for coronavirus, but it could also be applicable for the flu when it's heavy into flu season. But avoid crowded places and close contact with people who are unwell or showing signs and symptoms of illness. Practice frequent hand washing with soap before and after handling food or eating and after going to the toilet. Cover your mouth with paper tissue when you cough or sneeze and dispose of the soiled tissue paper in the garbage can immediately. You also want to avoid contact with live animals, including poultry and birds, and consumption of raw and undercooked meats. Observe good hygiene, shower regularly, and wear a mask if you have respiratory symptoms like a cough or shortness of breath. So let's talk some more numbers. This is the recovery rates for the CVID-19 infection. 80% of patients reported to have mild version of the disease and recover. About one in seven develops pneumonia difficulty breathing, or other severe symptoms. 5% of patients end up with a critical illness, including respiratory failure, septic shock, and multi-organ failure. Now, I found the second article, and I think what it's important to note about the coronavirus is that people with compromised immune systems are typically the ones that are finding this illness to be fatal. Now, the insider.com Aria Bendix wrote an article called Coronavirus Patients with Heart Disease Have a 10% Chance of Dying. Here's the mortality rate for patients with various underlying health problems. So if you have an underlying health problem, you are the one that should be using caution and being extremely vigilant and careful for yourself. But... According to experts, coronavirus patients with underlying health problems are more likely to die from the virus. The study found that patients with heart disease had a 10% chance of dying. And in general, older patients are the most likely to suffer severe symptoms and die. The first patient to die of the coronavirus in the U.S. was a man in his 50s who had been chronically ill. Older patients and people with pre-existing health conditions face the highest risk of dying from the new coronavirus, a recent study found. The study done by the Chinese Center for Disease Control and Prevention found that overall chances of dying from the coronavirus are 2.3%. Other estimates suggest the fatality rate could be higher, around 4.3%. The current rate based on the ratio of reported deaths to total cases worldwide hovers around 3.4%, as opposed to the flu, where the number of deaths are 6,515 this year. So for most forms of the flu, with no pre-existing health problems, the mortality rate is less than a quarter of a percent, or about 1 in 400 Cause of death is mostly due to respiratory failure, usually associated with secondary infections like pneumonia. 
Patients with compromised immune systems, the very young and the very old, are much more susceptible. And some rare forms of influenza have much elevated mortality rates, like the Asian bird flu, which has a mortality rate of as high as 70%. But interestingly enough, the Chinese CDC found that the fatality rate rose to close to 8% for patients in their 70s and 15% among those in their 80s. Out of more than 44,000 coronavirus patients studied, the majority of deaths were among those who are age 60 or older. Older patients also are more likely to have pre-existing health conditions. The first patient to die of the coronavirus in the U.S., for instance, was a man in his 50s who had been chronically ill before he got infected. Nearly 53,000 patients in the Chinese study reported a health condition that was not related to the virus, like cancer, heart disease, or diabetes. Around 7% of those cases, or more than 370 patients, have died. Overall, patients with pre-existing conditions represented more than a third of all deaths reported in the study. The fatality rate for patients who reported no underlying health problems was less than 1%. So that is closer to the flu mortality rates, but not quite matching. Here's the mortality rate for each pre-existing condition reported in this study. The mortality rate for people with heart disease is 10.5. That means that 10.5% of the people who get this virus will die. 7.3% of diabetic patients succumb to the illness. 6.3% of chronic respiratory disease patients who get this illness are estimated to die. 6% of people with high blood pressure, 5.6% of patients with cancer, and 0.9% is just it's kind of a miscellaneous characterization. Among coronavirus patients, the pre-existing conditions that raise most risk appear to be heart disease. Patients already diagnosed with heart disease had a fatality rate of more than 10%, which is pretty scary. But diabetes was the pre-existing condition with the second highest fatality rate at 7%. Patients with the most commonly reported pre-existing condition, hypertension or high blood pressure, had a fatality rate of about 6%. Coronavirus patients with cancer had a similar fatality rate. The outbreak originated in Wuhan, central China's most populous city, and has since spread to at least 58 other countries. But more than 90% of the cases are on the Chinese mainland. So be careful, folks. Do not expose yourself unnecessarily. If you can avoid traveling to some of the regions where they have higher concentrations of this, do it. Wash your hands. Keep good hygiene, wear a mask if you've got signs of illness. And that's just, it's just that simple. I don't think that we need to be freaking out about this. I think we need to use caution, but I think that they're also working very rapidly to try to develop some sort of a vaccination for it, much like they do with the flu vaccine as well. But I hope this has provided you all with some information about the virus to sort of put people's minds at rest a little bit more and allow them to not freak out about this. I mean, prepare yourself, but just don't go crazy with it. So if your parents or someone you know, or even yourself have a compromised immune system, you want to be extremely careful and protect yourself in any way that you can. But at the same time, we should also be aware that the flu has had much higher numbers of infection. And so we need to be aware of that as well. So stay healthy, folks. And one last article for the day. I found this article on NPR.org, and it is your questions about the Wuhan coronavirus answered. 
The author is Elena Renkin and Richard Harris. But last week, the authors of this article asked audiences to share questions they have about the Wuhan coronavirus, which is the new respiratory virus that was identified in China just recently. While there's a lot we don't know about it, there are questions that we can answer. And here are some of the most commonly asked questions. And I know that I've gone over these at other points in earlier shows, but I feel like because of the need out there for information that it is really important that we cover off on some of these again. So as of this week, cases have been reported in almost every single country in the world. And there have been cases diagnosed in the US, among them primarily the people who have been to the city of Wuhan, where the outbreak began in 2019. So what is the risk that this will spread significantly within the US? Health officials say that there are likely to be more cases of especially from people who have recently traveled to China. The people at greatest risk would be healthcare workers who are caring for the patients because of their continued exposure to the virus. But these people are also the highest on alert and are taking precautions. If the virus spreads, how dangerous is it? And according to reports in the Journal of the Lancet that came out not too long ago, it appears that only 3% of people who get sick actually die. And they say this number might be slightly higher, but the people that are at the greatest risk, as I mentioned earlier, were people in poor health. So as a comparison to this, people who had contracted a similar coronavirus, which was SARS, the Severe Acute Respiratory Syndrome, the number of people that died on that was about 10% of the people who had contracted that virus. So clearly the SARS risk was a little bit higher than the coronavirus risk at this point. So there have been many news reports that people can spread the virus before they actually show symptoms themselves. What is the latest on this? And the answer to this is yes, that could be an important factor in the spread of the disease. That kind of transmission happens with a lot of diseases like measles and the flu, but it has not been the case with most similar coronaviruses like SARS. However, the National Center for Immunization and Respiratory Diseases and the Centers for Disease Control says, we at the CDC don't have any clear evidence of patients being infected before symptom onset. However, we are being within our state and local department partners very aggressive and very cautious in tracking close contacts to determine if we're able to identify any close contacts who are indeed ill. Respiratory diseases often spread through a cough, and that is in fact a symptom of this infection, along with fever and shortness of breath. Okay, so how worried should we be about the coronavirus spreading in the U.S.? So doctors told NPR this week that it would be hardest by far to get to the epidemic under control in China because there are already so many cases, and each one of them has the potential to spread the disease even further. He said trying to contain the epidemic in China is like being an outfielder and being told to catch 100 fly balls at once. He said it's much easier to control the virus. Doctors say it's much easier to control the virus in the U.S., We're getting knocked fly balls one at a time, and the job is not to drop them. But that's much easier than playing catch up when you've allowed the epidemic to grow to a point where you've got thousands of cases, and now you're trying to track everyone down and prevent transmission. So at this point, the CDC's message is that there is a serious condition, but that we in the United States are currently at a very low risk. That is always subject to change, but as long as there are just a handful of cases, as, in the, as is the case right now, health officials say we can stay on top of it. The trick is to identify sick people, isolate them quickly, keep an eye on their contacts, and make sure the health care providers are taking the right steps to protect themselves. 
So are the health authorities in the U.S. reacting fast enough? The CDC very quickly devised a lab test to identify cases rapidly. Right now, health departments around the country send samples to the CDC in Atlanta for analysis, but the CDC hopes to make its test available to labs nationwide in the next few weeks. That will make the response even faster. And in the meantime, health officials have stepped up screening of passengers returning from China. These are now being conducted at 20 U.S. airports, and they are recommending against non-essential travel to China. There was some question as well, if people are ordering things from China, can they catch the virus from packages or mail coming from China? And the answer to that is there is no evidence to suggest at the moment that goods imported from China could transmit the virus. The virus wouldn't make it through the trip from China to the U.S. on packaging materials, say experts, and the same goes for an object you might get in the mail. Whether it's a phone or a piece of furniture, it's not going to survive. The Wuhan virus, like others in the coronavirus family, doesn't live very long on surfaces. The survival of this illness relies on certain qualities and the surroundings. Some viruses last longer than others outside the body, and it depends on conditions, including surface materials and temperature. Shipping conditions of most products are going to be not conducive to the virus remaining viable because time, because of temperature changes, because of humidity, this is not a real risk. So why are the people in the U.S. so worried about the coronavirus and not the flu? Simply put, the Wuhan coronavirus is new. It's something that has not been seen before, and people are always afraid of the unknown. The CDC says the risk of contracting the novel coronavirus in the U.S. is low. So far, they've confirmed around five cases in the U.S., and all five have traveled previously to Wuhan. Why doesn't the coronavirus have a less technical name yet, like Ebola or Zika? The virus's temporary name, according to the World Health Organization, is 2019 NCOV. It's a combination of the year the virus first emerged and the abbreviation for novel coronavirus, a term indicating the virus is a strain that has not been previously identified. The virus has also been known to be referred to as Wuhan coronavirus after the city where it first emerged. But experts anticipate that another name will soon emerge, and because this is a very new virus and the virology community is trying to come up with a name for it, but I anticipate soon they'll probably have something for it. That is about it. So folks, bottom line, be concerned about the flu, keep your eye on the news, wash your hands. Don't expose yourself to unnecessary risks if you have a compromised immune system. That is the bottom line. I don't think there's any reason to be freaking out about this. Arm yourself with knowledge so that you know what's going on out there. And don't freak out because it's really not doing anyone any good when you go hoard all the toilet paper, water, and food in the store. That just creates panic that's really unnecessary at this point, according to the experts involved in this. Okay? This is the point in the podcast where we say so long, farewell. Please rate, review, and subscribe. If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions, please shoot us an email. We are at hypoalmapodcast at gmail.com. Please join us again next week when we talk more about strange medical news, conditions, and treatments. Good night, podcast peeps. Stay healthy, keep it real, and always live your best life. Bye.